May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning. Man, my name is Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. I'm glad you're here today as we continue in our series, Stepping Up, where we're talking about leadership. In the series, we're talking about the steps that we need to take if we are going to one day become the leader that God desires us to be. During this series, we're not talking about this highest of high level of leadership. During this series, we're talking about these steps. Because so many times, this seems unattainable to us. And just not even willing to try it seems so far and so distant. So we're talking about these steps during this series. Now, one of the first places that when we think of leaders, we think of military. Some of the greatest leaders in history have risen through the ranks of the military. I mean, to possess the leadership skills to lead men and women in battle... Well, that's what history's made of. And today, on Memorial Day weekend, we would like a chance to honor those who have served this country, and specifically those who have passed away in service. So if there is a member of your immediate family, if you or a member of your immediate family has passed away while in service for this country, as well as if you are in service, or if somebody in your family is continuing to serve or has served, would you please stand so that we can honor you? For those of you in this room that have lost a loved one in service, please know that we are mourning with you on this day. And for those of you that served, we honor you for being willing to lay down your life for this country and for the freedoms that we have. For the freedom to gather and worship together in this room is a freedom that you fought for and we appreciate. So thank you and we honor you today. Now look, we set up memorials because we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget the things that have happened in the past that are so significant to today, and that change and propel us into the future. We set up memorials in all areas of our life. I mean, honestly, our birthday is a memorial so that we remember the day that we're born. Anniversaries for any type are a memorial so that we would remember. The desire and the intent is that we would remember what was happened in the past, that no matter the circumstances of today, that we would remember then, And that it would renew our hope. It would give us courage and strength and joy that would propel us into the future. Look, when we were starting Parkway Fellowship, a small group of believers in 2002, we knew that God was going to do amazing things along the way. And we didn't want to forget. So we started a tradition that every Memorial Day, we do something a little bit different. You see, one of the things that we instituted when we were starting the church It comes out of Joshua chapter 4. Each one of us that was starting the church started what's called a Joshua box. Pastor Mike named it out of Joshua 4. This is my Joshua box. This is for Robin and I right here. And so every Memorial Day weekend, we take out Joshua boxes and we share stories of things that God has done in the past so that we can remember them, that it can give us hope, and that it can propel us in the future that God has for us. Look, the idea comes from Joshua. You see, at the time, Joshua, leading the nation of Israel, they were at the edge of the promised land, standing at the river Jordan. And God parted the waters of the Jordan, and they walked across on dry ground. Just like he had done when he parted the Red Sea, God parted the waters, they walked across into the promised land. Now, on the other side, 
Joshua instructed 12 men, one from each tribe, to grab stones and to place them at the edge of the Jordan River. So that whenever people would ask, hey, what are those stones, what are they doing there? That they would be able to tell them of the day that God parted the waters and the Israelites entered the promised land. Joshua was an amazing leader. It's pretty interesting to find out that he was mentored by Moses, who's the focal character that we're looking at in this series. Joshua watched Moses and how he led and then implemented those leadership tools into his life. That's actually what we're going to be talking about next week in this series, Stepping Up. It's how a leader brings others along. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And so Joshua gave the Israelites a way to remember how great God was, to remember that he had a plan for them, to remember that do not forget that he has a vision for you and for us in this promised land. Because Joshua also knew that it would be difficult along the way, but when they looked at those stones, they would remember. It was a memorial. Look, when we were starting to plant this church, we wholeheartedly believed in the vision that God had given us to reach 10% of this community and the mission to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. But we also knew that along the way, there was a chance that we would forget that we would forget things that God had done. We would forget the drive and the passion that we had early on. And we didn't want that to happen. So that's why we started a Joshua box. It's pretty simple. Joshua box is any box, and inside of it, you just take a trinket or an item that reminds you of a time in the past that God has done something amazing in your life. So that whenever you're fearful of something, whenever you're worried about something, whenever you're struggling with something, or whenever you're doubting something, you can stop. And you can go back to the Joshua box, and there is proof that God is alive and active in your life. It's a leadership tool that Moses continually used. Now, look, he didn't have a Joshua box, but he started this whole idea. Remember Moses? We were talking last week. When God encountered him through the burning bush, he had been hiding out in the land of Midian in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years, he had been running from his past when God came to him and said, Moses, you're a leader. I've called you to lead. Moses stepped up in leadership. But look, before God asked him to lead, and before God told him, I've chosen you, God gave Moses a vision of what he desired to do in the nation of Israel, in God's people. We find it in Exodus 3. Everybody get your sermon notes out. It's in Exodus 3, verses 7 and 8. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and underline the rest of this part right here, to bring them out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing of milk and honey. It was a land that was bountiful, a land that was overflowing with abundance and fruitful. See, God went to Moses and said, look, I've got a vision of what I want to do. And if you're going to be a leader, you've got to get this vision. My people right now are in slavery. I want to rescue them. I want to take them out. And I want to put them into a good, spacious land. I want to put them into a land that is overflowing with abundance. That's what I want to do. Think about this, though. The Israelites had been in slavery for 400 years. 
400 years. The United States has only been around for 230 years or so. For four centuries, they were slaves in Egypt. They had been programmed for 400 years to think, we are slaves, we are told what to do, we have no identity, we are here to completely serve the Egyptians. God is not for us, he is not with us, and he does not have a plan for us. That was what they were programmed to believe. Those were the people that Moses was stepping in to become a leader. For them to begin to get out of this idea and this slavery mentality, Moses had to tell them the vision that God had for them. But before we jump into Exodus 14, let me get you a little, bit, little, little background. The Israelites had just been released. They were free to leave Egypt. Because for the previous handful of months, God had been unleashing miraculously devastating plagues upon the Egyptians. Because of Pharaoh's hard heart of not letting God's people go. On the 10th plague, Moses' son, uh, Pharaoh's son was killed. So Moses said, go guys, get out of here. Get out. You are free. We want nothing to do with you. So the Israelites were leaving. They had packed up and they had left. After they were gone a little bit away, Pharaoh changed his mind. Pharaoh wanted them back, but he wanted revenge, and he wanted to kill them. So he sent his entire army after the nation of Israel, who had just been freed. This is where we pick up our story. At Exodus 14, the Israelites are pinned on the waters of the Red Sea, and they're pinned with the Egyptian army racing after them. In verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. All right, time out. That's slavery mentality. That's the slavery mentality that they had been programmed to believe. They had completely forgotten everything that God did through the ten plagues, to save them and to free them and release them. They forgot. And so Moses had to cast this vision to him again. Look at what Moses says in verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. At that point, Moses turned to the Red Sea And the waters completely parted. And they walked in between two walls of water on dry ground to the other side. As soon as the entire nation of Israel was through, the waters rescinded and crashed upon Pharaoh's army that was coming after them. And they were all killed. You would think, after seeing all of those ten plagues, after witnessing the waters being part of the Red Sea, that they would get that vision. That God does have a place for them. A good, spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. You would think they would get it. Not so much. Look at Exodus 15. Exodus 15. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Time out. This was their slavery mentality. The water was bitter. They can't drink. They don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do. They were completely programmed. They didn't make any of their own decisions. What do we do? Water is going to be the end of us. Not the Egyptians racing down. None of that stuff. No, water. God can't do water. He can do plagues. He can do Red Sea. 
bitter. Look what Moses said. Look at what Moses said. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Now they wouldn't forget. Now they wouldn't forget all the great things that God had done. They would be reminded of them continually. Moses, if only he were so lucky. Exodus 16. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out to the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. This is the slavery mentality. Even to the point where they were delusional about what slavery was. Slavery is not fogo de chao. It's not. The Egyptians were not walking around with skewers of meat. Cutting meat off for them. Would you like more meat? All the meat you want. Welcome to Egypt. No. That wasn't it at all. They had completely forgotten everything that God did. So look in verse 8. Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Look how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget all of the great acts that God has done. The difficulties, the fears, and the worries of today overshadow God's goodness and greatness in our lives. That he is active. And not just active today, that he, but he has been active doing great things in us as a promise and as proof that he has a plan and a hope and a vision for us. This is the step that leaders have got to take. This is the step that we've got to take. And look, to cast a vision of God's truth as a leader, there's three things that we've got to do. There's three things if we're going to step up. And here's the first one. Start a Joshua box. Start a Joshua box. I put the references down in Joshua 4. Joshua 4, 4 through 7. Here's what Joshua box is. It's any box. A shoe box. Cereal box that you emptied out. A box. Doesn't matter. You take that box and you find items, tokens, trinkets that remind you of a time in your life where God did something amazing and you put it in the box. For example, let's just say God worked an amazing feat to get you into the house that you now live in. Oh, drop in one of your keys. Or let's just say God did something amazing this year in your kids in school, put in their report card. Or God pulled amazing strings to do something awesome and miraculous to get you the job that you now have. Put in your business card. That's it. So that whenever you're worrying or doubtful or fearful or God, where are you? Why are you not doing anything? You can stop and you go to the Joshua box and you open it and you say, okay, God, you are here. I'm reminded of all of this stuff. And it brings you hope and it brings you courage. If you're going to begin to cast a leader, a vision as a leader, you have to start a Joshua box. Because this can be difficult, but having a Joshua box is the key to learning how to cast a vision. All right, here's the second thing. This is where it gets good. You have to turn my dreams and desires into a vision. This is the step. This is the step that leaders have to take. Just getting a Joshua box, that's great, and you need to have one. But if we're going to step up, here's what you've got to do. First, you've said you're a leader. Remember, we talked about that with Moses. But then, we've got to learn to cast a vision. And we can't cast a vision for others if we don't first learn how to cast a vision for ourselves. 
you have to learn how to cast a vision for yourself. And it starts with turning your dreams and your desires into a vision. Let me show you how this works. Let's go back to the business card example that I was talking about. Let's say God really just showed up and showed off and there was some great context that God orchestrated and you wound up getting this amazing job and you have a business card for it now and you put it in your Joshua box. I want you to take that business card out and I want you to look at it. And I want you to begin to think of what it would look like, of what you would look like down the road, in the future, impacting and changing God's kingdom through that job, being successful in that job, rising up in that company to make a difference, not just for the bottom line of the company, but making a difference for God's kingdom because he got you the job. What does that person look like? What kind of values does that person have to have? What kind of work ethic does that person have to have? What kind of language does that person have to use? What leadership skills need to be developed along the way? Time management skills. Productivity, administration. What does that person look like? That's the vision. Because God orchestrated something amazing in the past to propel you to become that in the future. That's the idea of God coming to Moses and saying, look, my people are in slavery. I have a vision for them. Here's where I want to take them. God desires to do the same things with us. Let me show you what I mean by going through a couple things in my Joshua box. I always had a dream and desire, even when I was really young. I, I was one of those that I wanted to get married as fast as possible. I wanted God to bring me the person as soon as possible so that we could get married. It's just a desire, a dream that I always had. Well, I met Robin. We got married. It could have been check, done. Dream and desire met, move on to something else. But that's not what I do. You see, this right here is a thank you letter that my grandparents wrote me. I had the honor of officiating their 60th wedding anniversary. Let me read you the first paragraph, and I want to show you how I use this card. It says, Dear Favorite Grandchild. <laughs> okay. It doesn't say that, but it's understood. Okay? It's one of those things. Thank you so very much for participating in our 60th anniversary party. Having our grandson renew our wedding vows was an honor for us. Your words were so sincere and touching that happy tears filled my eyes throughout the entire ceremony. I keep this in my Joshua box because I'm reminded. I don't want to just be married. I want to celebrate 60. And I want to celebrate 70. And I want to celebrate 80. And I pull this card out. And I think of what happened in the past to give me a vision and a hope and a dream for the future. And when I think about that vision of what I desire in my marriage, it changes how I act today. All of a sudden, being right in all of our conversations really isn't important as much as it is making sure our relationship is healthy. See, my priorities change. Things are different because I take something from the past and I use it to cast a vision of the man that I desire to be in the marriage that I desire to have. And it changes steps that I need to take today. So that that vision can be accomplished. Here's something else I keep in my Joshua box. It's a card that Robin wrote for me. See, I, I dreamed. I dreamed and wanted, from as soon as I knew what a dad was, I wanted to be a dad. I had an amazing father, and we had an amazing relationship. And I wanted to be a dad so bad. Robin wrote me this card uh, to let me know that she was pregnant with William. 
I want to read you a paragraph from it. Now that we are entering into a new phase in our marriage, my eyes fill with tears of thinking God would bless me enough to have a child, raise a child with you. What an honor. Here we go. Are you ready? I love you so much and cannot wait to hear our child call you daddy. All right. It could have been when William was born, dream accomplished, desire, check, and move on to something else. I didn't just want to be any dad. I wanted to be the kind of father that was so obviously involved in my kid's life that they knew that I was there for them, that I loved them. And no matter what they did, it would never change or impact that love, that I loved them as much as I possibly could. I wanted them to know that your dad is, is sinful, but your eternal father, he's not. And I want to be the kind of dad that points my kids to Christ and points my kids to the father. That's what I want. I use this card to remind me of that vision. That it's not now that I'm a dad, check and move on to the next dream that I have in my life. I remember this moment because it was such a great moment. And then I use this card to propel my vision of what I want and what God desires for me to become. See how that works? All right. Look. That's the next step. But there's another step you've got to take. Now that you're a leader, now that you can cast a vision for yourself, you've got to begin to cast visions for others. You have got to learn. And this is the third thing that you have got to cast a vision of truth for others God has placed in my life. Now, there is no place that's more important than in your children and your grandchildren. No matter how old they are, hear this. This is absolutely crucial. You need to get your kids and your grandkids and you need to make sure they have a Joshua box. Buy them a Joshua box. Teach them how to put items in their Joshua box that reminds them of times God has worked in the past as proof that he is there, that he is active in them, and that he desires to do things for their future. But then you've got to take something else. You've got to show them how to cast a vision. I want to show you what that looks like by calling up William. William's my nine-year-old, the guy that I just read about in the card. Come on up here, buddy. Yeah, you're awesome. I know. All right. William, we got you this Joshua box when you were baptized. I want you to choose something out of your Joshua box that reminds you of a time that God was actively working in your life. Awesome. All right. How about you show everybody what it is and tell everybody about it? This is the cross that my grandma gave me whenever I became a Christ follower. Very nice. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, tell me some more things about why that cross is significant to you. Because it was made out of an olive tree in Israel. Very nice. Yeah, and uh, what does it say on the back? March 7th, 2009. What happened on March 7th, 2009? I became a Christ follower. That's exactly right. Very cool. All right. Hey, buddy, I want to show you something. This cross represents the day that you became a Christ follower, that God was so alive and so active in your life. But when you see this cross, I want you to think this was the starting point. This was the beginning of a journey of you following Christ. When you see this cross, I want you to think that Christ died on a cross for your sins and for my sins because we make mistakes, but God was perfect. Christ was perfect. Because he died on a cross, we can have a relationship with him. 
Because he gave everything for us, he desires for you to give everything to him. For you to become the man of God that God desires, you have to follow him every day. This was day one. I am picturing an amazing man of God that you are going to become one day. I want you to think of that every time you see this cross. I love you, and I am so proud of you. Thanks, bud. That's the idea. That's the idea. William chose that cross. He put the cross in there. I used it to cast a vision for him so that he can see it, that he can begin to live that way, and that he can learn how to cast a vision for himself. Well, look, it doesn't just have to be to your kids or grandkids. It can be to anybody in your life. When you go over to friends of yours, when you go to their house, you see pictures hanging on the wall. Hey, tell me about that picture. Oh, that's a time our family was so great then. We went on a family vacation. Oh, it reminds me of just a great time in our family. Well, look, I believe that God, if you seek after him and you follow him with your family, that you'll have many more. Because God, he pictures you as a family that is constantly in love with one another, using good words and encouraging. A family that's connected to a church and other members and in a small group. That's the idea. That's the step that you've got to take if you're going to be a leader. But look, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not the only person that has a Joshua box. A lot of other people have learned the amazing tool of a Joshua box. And that casting a vision through a Joshua box is crucial, absolutely crucial. I've got a box right here from a friend of mine. His name's Mel Hancock. And inside his Joshua box, he has a pen. When Mel was about 38 years old, he had risen and climbed the corporate ladder. He was a head supervisor at his company. His boss came to him and said, I need you to lie. I need you to lie to everybody else that's underneath you. Mel didn't do it. He stepped down from the supervisor position, took a massive pay cut, and wound up leaving the company. He went back to school full-time at the age of 40, working odd jobs, working part-time to provide for his family, completely starting over again. The day that he graduated, God delivered an amazing accounting job for him, that has blessed him. It's the company that he's been, he is with right now, about to retire, and the stories that he has with that company are just amazing. But whenever he sees this pen, it reminds him, and here's your fill-in, that even when tempted, always choose integrity. Even when tempted, always choose integrity. Do you not think that there have been times since then that Mel's been tempted? That Mel's been tempted to do something that is dishonorable in his company? But look, he sees this pen, and it reminds him. It reminds him of what God did in the past that's so significant to today and that propels him toward the vision that God has for him. Here's another Joshua box from a friend of mine. Her name's Kimberly Stewart Noska. Inside her Joshua box is a printed out Outlook appointment from 2006. In 2006, she was living in California. She was on her way to work one day, and she was on the entrance into I-10 in California in flying rush hour traffic. She lost control of her car and went spinning like a top all the way through every single lane on I-10. Ended up in the median on the uh, complete opposite side facing oncoming traffic. She opened her eyes. She was safe. There wasn't a scratch on her body or a scratch on her car. That doesn't happen. 
That doesn't happen in I-10. But yet somehow, God had worked an amazing miracle in her past. Because look, no matter what happens and the struggles that Kim goes through, she knows it is crucial to have this Joshua box because it reminds her that no matter what may come, God has a plan for me. Because if she had died on that day, she would never have met her husband, Doug. She would have never had her two kids. That whenever she's questioning in life, God doesn't have a plan for me. She thinks about that day, how God saved her and how God spared her. Here's another Joshua Box from a friend of mine. He's a great leader. His name's Ren Canton. Last summer, Ren was asked to be a sponsor on our student mission trip that our youth group takes every single summer. Now, he went. At the time, Ren, as he was telling me the story, said, you know, I really wasn't very serious about my relationship with God. I was really just kind of going on to be a sponsor um, just to help the kids out. Uh, he said, I, I was told to be ready because God's going to do amazing things in the lives of the kids. And so he went. While he was on the trip as a camp guide, before they went out one day to do mission work, they asked him to pray out loud for the group. Well, Ren had never prayed out loud before. Ren wasn't very serious in his relationship with God. God used that moment to give him a vision of the man of God that God desired Ren to become, the kind of father that he was supposed to be, the kind of husband that he was supposed to be. He keeps this in the Joshua box to remind him, here's your fill-in, that even when I feel unsure or distant, God is very active in my life. Ren would have told you that God wasn't active in his life at that time. But he was asked to pray, and he realized God was very active in him. He keeps that in there to remind him. Here's another Joshua box. Great friends of mine, Adam and Tiffany Lotz. In their Joshua box, they have an airplane crazy story. They were on their way back from a conference for their business. They wound up having to sit separate, so they're on different rows. Tiffany winds up, in her words, sitting next to an old bald man with an earring. They chit-chat for a little bit. Tiffany winds up pulling out on the airplane her one-year Bible that she's reading through. The old man replies, hey, I'm, I'm reading that Bible in my small group at church. Tiffany goes, really? What, what, church, what church do you go to? Well, the old man replied, my name's Pat Hunt, and I'm the worship pastor at Parkway Fellowship. <laughs> hey, those are my words. Those are Tiffany's words. I know. Yeah. Tiffany began to tell Pat that her and her husband Adam desired to find a church in the Houston area that they could become involved in and use their gifts and abilities to serve him. Adam was an amazing drummer, and he was looking for a church that he could play the drums in the worship band. Pat says, hey, our drummer hasn't had a Sunday off in years because we only have one. Like, come immediately. Ever since that plane ride, Adam and Tiffany have been active members here at Parkway Fellowship. And it reminds them whenever they open their Joshua box and they see this airplane, here's your fill-in, that when my dreams Aligned with God's desires, amazing things happen. They had a dream of serving in a church using the gifts and abilities that God had given them. That was their dream, and that's also God's desire for all of us. And when those came in contact, it was one great, amazing story. Look, 
I'm reminded of Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You have got to have a vision for your life. You've got to have a vision of the person that God desires for you to become in your relationships, in your business, in your relationship with him, here at this church, in all aspects of your life. The easiest way to do it is to have a Joshua box. Moses had to continually remind the Israelites, there is a God who loves you, who has a plan and a purpose for you. Do not get lost in the overwhelming task of today. Use your Joshua box as your Moses to continually remind you that even when you're fearful, worry, doubt, or scared, that God is alive and active in your life, and he has a vision for you. I want everybody right now to pull out your connection card. Flip it over on the back, and I want you to take a step or next step based on the message today. Maybe for you, it's this first one. Start a Joshua box. This week, would you start a Joshua box? Get any box and begin to fill it with items that you have around your house that remind you of a time that God was active in your life. Here's the next one. Place my Joshua box in a prominent place in my house. I know a lot of people that have Joshua boxes. They're like in your closet. Doesn't do you a lot of good. You need to have your Joshua box in a prominent place to where you can constantly see it, that it can constantly be a reminder of the good things God has done in the past and that will propel you toward the vision that God has for you in the future. Put it somewhere prominent. Here's the next one. Take one item out from my Joshua box and use it to cast a vision in my life. This is the step today, y'all. This is the step. Leader casts vision. You've got to first do it in your own life. Pull one item out from your Joshua box and use it to cast a vision in your life. Here's your next one. Cast a vision for my children or grandchildren this week by using their Joshua box. Once you cast a vision in your own life, take the next step. Cast a vision for somebody else. Would you do that this week? Do it for your kids, grandkids, anybody else in your life. Maybe for you it's this next one. Join an adult small group for the summer semester in order to routinely seek God. Look, we're in our second week of sign-ups for our summer semester of small groups. We had an amazing sign-ups last week. Hundreds of people signed up. We already had 14 groups that are filled. Look, you've got to sign up for a small group. This is where you're going to routinely seek God because it's so easy to forget the vision. It's so easy to get lost in in the today. This is where you're going to routinely seek God, the one that gave you the vision that he desires to accomplish. You've got to become a part of a small group. In your worship guide is a catalog of all the small groups that are offered for this summer. Find the small group that you want, and then in bold blue letters is a small group code. Write it in that line right there. Check the box and write the code. Look, maybe for you it's this next one. Sign up my youth, those entering sixth grade through entering the first year of college for a summer small group. Write their name and grade and we'll take care of the rest. Sign them up. You're the parent. Don't give them a choice. Sign them up for it. They'll love it. Here's the next one. Become a Christ follower for the first time today. There's never come a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. Just like William did March 7th, 2009. Make that today. Make that today. I want you to check that box right here. I also want you to check the box on your sermon notes. I want you to take those sermon notes, and I want it to be the first thing you put in your Joshua box. To remind you, today, you ask Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. Pray that prayer right now. Pray it when Pat and the worship team come up. But pray that prayer. If that's you, be sure your name and address are on the front, because there's some stuff that I'd like to send you. 
Also, on your way out, I want you to grab a new believer packet there by every door as you walk out. Let me pray for us as Pat and the worship team come forward. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. God, especially in this leadership series. God, I pray, God, that we would continue to step up in our leadership. God, that we would all understand that we are leaders. God, everybody in this room is a leader in some way, shape, or form. God, and would we begin to climb that leadership ladder. God, and today and this week, would we begin to cast a vision. God, would we cast a vision just like Moses continually did to the nation of Israel. As he continually did of how good you are, that you had a vision and that you had a plan for them. God, would we continually, God, see the vision that you have for us, God, by using a tool like a Joshua box. God, I pray that you would use that Joshua box to encourage us, God, and to prove to us that you have been alive and active in our lives in the past, that no matter the circumstances of, the, of today, it never changes the fact that you have a vision and a hope for our future. We love you, God, and we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.